Okay, so just back to the topic, just very quick ones lah. Also don't want to take up yep. too much of your time. Um, the first mm-hmm. news that uh, we can talk about is the report by The Star, which reports that Southeast Asia's esports gamers and viewers prefer a mobile-first experience. So the report says that uh, it's a white paper produced by Tencent, so that 82% of Southeast Asia uh, total online population played mobile games and 39% were mobile first. And then the six major markets include Malaysia. Um, and unlike the NA and Western Europe scene where it's PC first, which they say is because they have more sophisticated IT infrastructure. And that um, the mobile the mobile scene is bigger here or is getting is getting bigger here is because of the new developments in cloud gaming, 5G networks, and the um, and although that the more popular esport titles here is Dota 2, League of Legends, and CSGO, but the most watched esports titles were mobile games, PUBG Mobile, and MLBB. So um, I think we've been talking about this for us a long time. And we've established this that it's always uh, been a mobile sort of uh, region. Um, just want mm. to get your take on like you, I, you, you, you will kind of notice that you European teams or any teams when they come to um, Southeast Asia to create their fan base, are generally more often than not, apart from Fnatic, I think. They are mm. they invest in mobile esports, right? So Fnatic is the yeah. odd one out in that they invest in Dota. So, um, but teams that, uh, uh, do they have? To be fair, Fnatic Fnatic does have a PUBG mobile team based in India, based out of India. Oh, okay. And I think so, they're doing quite well. Right. So right. they have a Fnatic. They, they, yeah. If I recall, they have. Uh, they, and I think that team is still. Uh, still active or was active? Apparently mm. not. Okay. I recall that uh, let me see whether I can pull this out that they did have uh, at one point they did have uh, a team base out of uh, for Mobile Legends specifically okay okay so so that so I suppose that's that's the direction also um, but other no, teams no sorry like, no Mobile Legends it was a PUBG, PUBG right so, PUBG Mobile yeah so uh, other teams like Team Secret um, I think even uh, you you do a, a alliance. These are all you uh, mm. generally yep. EU teams. They invest in mobile. When they come to the region, it's mobile. Um, just just want to get your insight, uh, your your view that whether or not this, whether or not we will achieve sort of like the PC first kind of um, um status like the EU and the Amer- and the NAC, or that we are like kind of like stuck in like this mobile first kind of. Uh, region which is i mean like uh, not to say that it's a sad thing or the bad thing but it it, yeah. it does it does um says a lot of, about our it infrastructure right it's because our it um or tech site we are not uh, established enough to be able to to think, compete with with the other regions i think that may be too far of an argument uh, in my opinion i think the one thing that i will say is it, it's not I don't think financial or at least technological access is a, is an issue. Uh, rather, I will say that uh, the priority is more for phones than to a computer. 
I mean, you have Razer, you have things like Huawei, you think things, I think, I can't remember which other one of the Chinese brands have come out. Uh, I've also started a new line of gaming-centric phones. Mm. Uh, that mm. is not new. That is upcoming. And those are not cheap per se as well. You have Razer generating, generating new phones, which are meant as, you know, gaming gaming phones. So, uh, you know, talking about equipment, talking about the, the you know, the setup, I think it's not so much about the access anymore. It's more so, you know, that that just people prefer the convenience or prefer that that ability to play on a phone. And hence, uh, mobile games as a whole in this region is picking up. Um, mm. I, I think it also, also plays a little bit into lifestyle. Uh, I don't know if you would agree with me on that. I think a little bit more into lifestyle as well as, as how of, of the convenience of, of, of wherever we can do it. Uh, you know, whether it is a, 20 minute lunch like you have an hour lunch break you can have uh, a half an hour lunch and then spend the other half an hour playing one game instead of uh, instead of setting up a whole PC going to a separate specific space to play a PC for that one hour game and for all you know your lunch hour is gone mm-hmm. from the moment you get into queue mm-hmm. so I think that is another uh, thing that I, I would think does play a role uh, especially our growing gaming community we've had people from Gen Bija we've had um, you know from, from Bajaya Dragon's Wild Drift also coming to say that, you know, the, the, the focus market, the one thing that they both said, you know, was, was what's the target market? Here, students, um, financially, yes, maybe games, maybe computers may not be big of an access. And as you know, you, know, you can afford a computer, but your computer may not be uh, equipped to play a game. But phones, you know, with a bare minimum setting, you're able to enjoy the game as well. Uh, but like I said, I think, I'm sure you know with 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 all these people who are going into the competitive scene who really want to play it as a as a proper thing, uh, they also have the access to phones to tablets. You know, I have I had a friend right who uh, the, at that time we were all playing PUBG Mobile, right? We had, I had a friend who ended up buying a iPad. Well, of course for, for for other purposes as well, but he ended up using the iPad to play PUBG Mobile because he felt it was better. So you know, I think that also kind of puts the thing like. Maybe not so much financial, but more of uh, people's preference into how they want to play the game. And, and I would say that it definitely gives a lot more options. You have people who play uh, with five fingers on the screen on an iPad for PUBG, and you have people like myself who are still a little bit slow with the two thumbs and uh, you sometimes use the extra finger, but that's about it. Lah. Dude, there's you know? a Razer finger sleeve also. You can check it out. Yeah, so... That, that will help, Definitely I they have that. They will I, help, la, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. La. I think it's more of an accessibility and lifestyle kind of thing. I also remember back in my um few years ago when ML, when Mobile Legends first came out, uh, whenever I've, whenever I'm stressed at work, I also just take that 20 minutes off to play um, some Mobile Legends. Like, it's just a 20-minute, very quick game. And it's also um, as well accelerated or like um, sustained by other... Um, um, this, uh, gaming brands as well like Razer coming up with with utilities to help or or improve or enhance your mobile ex- mobile gaming experience. So people people have lightweight mice now. Now they have we have who's who's faster you know who's faster now. Yeah, I you know when when I actually first saw the Razer finger sleeve right, I thought it was a joke like, honestly. But like uh, okay, <laughs> but I suppose uh if if it's if it helps then um, Razer's just doing a good job in their uh, advertising and marketing strategy, like, I guess. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not sure how well they're gonna sell these things. Um, it just looks very funny to me. But um, if it's being um sold at a good rate, then yeah, good for them lah. Yeah, it's a non-slip. You know, it's non non-slip. Oh, yeah, it's so your non-slip fingers not gonna go anywhere. Right. So, and, and I mean, you have. You have the other accessories, like you mentioned. You know, they have the accessories where the case is, has more airflow, so it doesn't Correct. heat up as fast. You know, that kind. That kind. Um, yeah. So I think it's definitely not limited. Uh, it's definitely not limited. Uh, it's definitely. I think the next kind of things that you have, to, I would like to say, we want to think about about mobile gaming as well is the integration of the big teams. I know this is a bit uh, the, uh, splitting away from what we're talking about, but um, there is this one device. Um, so basically, the idea of it is going to be kind of like another switch concept, mm-hmm. right? It's just, it's going to be a new device. I don't think it's launched yet, but uh, I've seen like certain videos of it. Uh, is it it's by called Valve? Valve's, yeah, that's right. The Valve oh, Steam, Steam Deck. Deck, right? Ah, yeah. okay, okay. So I don't think it's live yet, but I know like no, people have, not. you know, yeah. they've seen it. I know, and and the concept of it is 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 if if you ask me, that is kind of the kind of things with how Switch is very popular as well uh, and, and with the steam that it's trying to bridge that gap between uh, mobility as well as giving that high level graphics game i think uh, it is a, a new market it is a niche market and i think in, in all honesty i think things like steam that could play a big role here um i remember there was a season where although i think i don't think western side will have as much more uh, impact on the psp and as well as uh, on, on the psp mainly i think if I'm not mistaken, like my recollection of when PSP was a thing here, almost every other person had a PSP or a Nintendo DS. It was the mobile access. It was that flip open to play, that kind of thing, you know? So I think this, it's revisiting. It's not new, but with the rise of, you know, mobile competitive gaming, right? Mobile competitive gaming. This could potentially be, you know, uh, that bridge that, that we talk about. You know, we talk about cross platforms. We talk about all these kind of things. This could be the next level to breach the thing um, back then it was just this kind of device or computer or uh, you know a console right now we have mobile gaming as an option this could take a resurgence because people want to play a high level game like in my opinion i would love to have something like steam deck so that i can play um, let's say skyrim yeah. in my 20 minutes instead yeah. of, of a competitive game right i would like to have that skyrim just 20 minutes on skyrim done you know so, so it does. Is that bring back that, that? That's the kind of things that I would think would be interesting. Uh, yeah, competitive it, side, mm-hmm. competitive side as well. Uh, it, I don't think there is any competitive. No, but it can be know. right. Actually, no. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's like you think about it. Be. Yeah, like like PS Four, which like FIFA yeah. and everything. But like yeah. when the well, Steam Deck is launched, everything, and it, if it's if it's accepted by the market, then like developers yeah. are gonna jump on like creating games for Steam Deck. And they will make it, yeah. you know, they could potentially make it into an but, esports yeah. competitive scene. Yeah. Yeah, I think, the, but I would say that the one challenge with it being competitive is accessibility. So we talked about phones being accessible. You know, a Steam Deck is still not cheap. Just like a Switch is not cheap. And, and the competitive scene may end up being more restrictive than more welcoming. Uh, we talk about somehow the more successful competitive scenes are still PC and now with more or mobile. As a competitive, it will be end up. I I fear that it will end up more like FIFA. It will end up more like uh, NFL. Uh, the sorry, the Madden scene where uh, 
as well as you know the the the, the, the rising scene of the F one uh, video game as well. Yep. Like it is a strong community. It is a, a very like there is a base for it, but it is very exclusive. Um, it is still exclusive to a certain very certain group of people, and their market is more towards people playing the games more than the actual competitive scene. The more successful competitive scenes are still uh, things that are played on 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 computer. I think the most successful one, if I'm not mistaken, and even that is a bit of a stretch, is, is if I'm not mistaken, would be Rocket League, where because of the crop platform, you have people who use the, the mouse and keyboard, and you have people who use controllers because it was it felt a lot better. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 quite interesting actually. Um, I I've never really thought about it in that angle as well. But it can truly be um open up a new channel or avenue for game developers to explore in terms of like mm. wanting to create a new or sort of a, uh e esports kind of scene through Steam mm. Deck or like even Nintendo Switch, right? Mm. Well, that's, that's, that's I think the, 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 the one the one thing the one the one game that I think we can look at is the Pokemon game uh, mm. Pokemon Unite which is uh, you know getting a, a big a bit of a following uh, I'm not sure if there's any esports yet but uh, I mean but it's, it's definitely com. going to be yeah I think it's definitely going to be because it, 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 it's, it's, you know, it's a mobile right it's a yeah it's a mobile concept it is yeah touted to you know come to come to uh, what do you call that uh, mobile phones as well so it's not like um, you know but you know they, they, what they have said is uh, based on an article back in uh, in July last year uh, they won't have uh, esports focus but will have esports potential like what we just highlighted it, it may not have the esports focus but will still have esports potential so I think this is probably one of the more uh one of the first few games, at least in a Steam, at least on this Steam Deck, at least on this Switch level, that we're going to see whether you know how if they go into it, how big of a following will our traditional, uh, our traditional long-standing organizations take a step into that into that as well. I think that would be very interesting to see uh, the development of how Pokemon Unite can take that. Will will they bridge the gap? You know, will they will they open up a new competitive scene just for Switch uh, yeah. on this? You know mobile semi-mobile gaming but basically it's more of a, a mobile console you know mm, yeah i mean i mean in my view like if, if you really want your game to be successful right um you have to have uh, some form of a competitive element to it and to mm. do that well, one of the ways is through um, esports or creating an esports um like kind of scene for people to compete and then that's how your game gets uh, more popular, I suppose. Or, or rather, a lot of people would rather invest their time and energy into getting better in the in playing this game yeah. for the purpose of achieving the sort of like esports player status. Um, that yeah. that is a very clear cut direction that I think the uh, developer can get into if they want to. But to me, it's like it's I, a no brainer. I feel that yeah, you should. Get I think you actually. It's absolutely spot on. I think this is kind of where, at least for video games, at least for esports, at least for gaming, um, you have two cult followings. Um, you have the ones that enjoy sim- single-player games. You have the ones, and those are not competitive. The tragedy won't be competitive. Uh, the RPG, the ones that you have to grind. You know, Pokemon is that kind of game. You know, you have Diablo three level games. You have you know Genshin Impact over the last two or two and a half years, two years or so. You know, the Genshin Impact drive range is going into that as well. And, and you have games that are multiplayer, and, and it's very hard to distinguish or at least separate the fact that 
when you have these kind of games that have a multiplayer, a multiplayer feature, uh, not utilizing uh, an esports or uh, if the game allows it, especially you know, if, especially if the game allows it, is definitely uh, something that that has that has that could change, that could help your game. Uh, but you know, again, uh, on an esports, uh, in on esports.com, an article in July this year, you know, they they they, they just put out this statement that, uh, or at least you know, they 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 they, they reported that Nintendo just doesn't like esports. And, and I can say, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of true. You know, they have, they're, they're quite true. clear. Yeah. And, and, and when you consider things like there is, you know, the fighting game tournaments, yeah. you know, the ones that we play on, uh, uh, the, what's the traditional fighting games that we used to play? Um, what fighting Hadouken, game? That, that, that game. Uh, what's Street Fighter? Game uh, no? Yeah, so things Tekken? like Street Fighter, there's a competitive scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tekken, Street Fighter, those, those have competitive scenes. Again, it's more of a cult following, a very small yeah. niche, but it's still a very... Yep. A, big, a big following and a passionate following you have Pokken uh, 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 again a Pokken is Pokemon jumping into that Street Fighter scene with a tournament and there is a tournament there is esports and then it is an esports you have mm. traditional we talked about Pokemon games you know the RPG those kind of games you have those and people come from all over the world to battle one another in tournaments uh, it is a form of esports but again many people uh, at least at least from what I, I can see as well it's not tied into esports despite it being Pokemon's on a video game and people fighting off one another. Mm, um, mm, but yeah. people hardly talk about it. People you know don't don't spend so much time on it. But it is an, a manner of esports. And I can say like you know if that's continues to trend, yes, you will have a following because of your subject being Pokemon. But I think like you know how Pokemon didn't really kick off as much is definitely a sign that if you if it's not done right, it's definitely you know, avenues that it doesn't fall and, and you're right, the marketing will come big if the tournaments, if the esports scene is, you know, controlled properly. Yeah. I think there's something, you know, things like Riot, things like uh, uh, Valve are all doing very well when it comes to TI, it comes to world. They market it, the number, the amount of effort you can see that they put into it is next level. You, you talk about League of Legends, for example, every year, without fail, they will come up with a new theme song. Filled yeah, with I know. animation, filled yeah. with filled with you know it's a full-on production a whole year full-on production um you have the winners of 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 the tournament the worlds in the worlds of every year the winners get to select their character and design a skin for them so these are just examples wow. of how much effort people have put into the competitive and it's not like it's a game everybody plays but because they value the competitive mm. scene it gives people and people will buy them or people will, will try and get you know, get this skin because it looks cool or because this is, you know, this player designed it. It gives a, a kind of like a, an involvement of the players, esports players into the game itself. You know, it puts a, a little bit of their, their identity in there. So it's definitely, you know, interesting. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting the community um, to, to be involved in the actual game itself. So, so that, yeah. I think that's, that's super cool and that's super smart of them, honestly. Um, but I mean, Nintendo has a different mind with Sona. But anyway, they're successful. Mm. So <laughs> who's to say? Uh, what yeah, they, who's to what say they're they, wrong, right? Yeah, who's to say they're wrong? <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, so I think we've uh, 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 covered this. I think we let's move on. Um, the other article that I shared was the article by Esports Insider. Mm, just announced a few days ago, Galaxy Racer announces $100,000 uh, esports event following Pakistan's mm. uh, expansion. So basically, um, the the government initiated uh, 
uh, a Pakistan Special Technology Zones Authority where they are investing. Uh, all right, they encourage foreign technology companies to invest in Pakistan. Okay, so Galaxy Razor being the first esports company to invest in this initiative. Um, they have all revealed that they will host a 100,000 USD esports tournament in Pakistan, which is said to be the largest in the country's history. Um, the esports title will include Tekken, PUBG Mobile, and FIFA. I suppose those are the games that are popular uh, in that region. Mm, and yeah, so basically, basically the reason why I want to point this, point this out is that um, whilst we focus on a lot like the C region and the NA and the EU, um, there's also uh, up and coming, I suppose, in the Middle Eastern region where um, countries like Pakistan, they are um, getting, and, and India as well, they are getting um, um, into this esports or rather this foreign technology um, expansion, which includes esports. And that um, Galaxy Racer being, I suppose, one of the first movers in trying to get into the country and to develop a fan base there, I suppose. Um, just want to get your thoughts on, on this, on that um, when it comes to um, hosting uh, tournaments uh, and all these things, I think um, it, it's, it's, it's very good to hear that it's 100,000 USD sort of uh, esports tournament. Um, but in my mind, like you can you can always organize a twenty thousand USD and get the same sort of attention. Uh, but I suppose Galaxy Racer is quite. Um, I suppose they have a lot a lot of uh, funds there to invest. Um, any sort of um, um, ideas or rather, like, do you think do you think like just because an esports team they invest in a country that you are suddenly um, a fan of theirs? It's a bit hard to say, right? So it's, it's very difficult. To, so 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 yeah, just I to give an example here, like like um the the uh, team secret, right? I can only I think I can use team secret as an example. Team secret invests in Malaysian players, right? PUBG Mobile, right? Um, I I suppose that that works in the sense that um they create a team, a Malaysian player team, and then um, we as Malaysians resonate, so then we convert into a team secret fan. But in this case, Galaxy Racer, they are just organizing tournaments, which uh, I'm not sure how it can it can resonate. Um, the pe the people that can resonate or the people that can um, relate to um, the team or to Galaxy Racer as an all. Um, I think it really depends on how the tournament is being run. If I'm going to be very honest with you, um, I think for example, let's say Galaxy Racer uses this as as one of the marketing, as part of the marketing, they use this as one of the, the concepts where we are a big organization and we are looking to maybe go into this competitive scenes, FIFA, PUBG, and Tekken. Not sure if they have at the moment. And even if they do, you know, they're always open. They, they have that, you know, they, they always have uh, that consideration that they want to go, uh, you know, set up a secondary team, you know, that kind of concept, right? if the objective or at least one of the options available to them is to say, come on, come and play in my tournament that I've, uh, we've organized together. And who knows, maybe you get a shot to land up in the team. Yeah, I think yeah. that's, that will be a very different story to tell 
Right. Uh, on that angle, that that's good. Be, mm. yeah. From that angle, I think that would definitely generate a lot of interesting views, a lot of interesting people to consider because I, I'll be like, hey, you know, they're giving me a shot. Uh, if I'm a young player, uh, if, for example, in League of Legends, I'm in Challenger, which I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not that good. But if I'm Challenger, I don't play competitive, but I say, hey, you know what? I have a group of friends, so we queue together all the time. And if this shot can get me, who, who knows, can let, let me a professional contract, uh, maybe seven years ago, I'm not now, uh, seven years ago, you can let me a professional contract, why not? Why not give it a shot? Mm. Right? Mm. And, and if, they, if, if, if the support given by Galaxy throughout the tournament, like they give uh, that, that level of support in terms of giving them access to training facilities, giving access to, to, to the game, to, to meet people, to, to have this kind of, then I think definitely, you know, we're talking, we're definitely talking about uh, generating a lot of positive feedback for Galaxy Racer uh, to, to, to be, for example, like Pakistan's de facto gaming, uh, gaming team. Uh, this is very similar to how, you know, a certain countries uh, have a bigger fan base of a certain football team or a certain basketball team. I think when, uh, when, what's his name? When Yao Ming was playing, uh, in the NBA, a lot of players were supporters of his team, right? And, and mm, the same yep. way, so then this was how China made that that that, that East, the, the NBA scene in China started growing. People really started growing, and I think even in Malaysia, you know, we talk about. Uh, I mean, this is just more of influence, more not more so about an influence. When we saw that Lee Chong Wei movie, you know, everybody said, "Hey, let's play, let's please start playing badminton again." You know? Uh, then they show you know the memories of how we cheer. So I think it's definitely that that level of if we are, we are talking about how Galaxy Racer can impact the the, the esports scene in Pakistan through this, that would be I think definitely one of the ways that that will build up that country to support or at least to be more invested in Galaxy Racer. Uh, but again, at this point, I'm just saying this because I have uh, I don't really have any idea on the impact of Galaxy Racer at the moment in Pakistan. Uh, they could already have a big standing and this is just going to help you know, elevate them to the next level. Yeah, actually, that's a very good take, right? Um, organizing uh, a national tournament and um, behind the scenes, you're looking to um, recruit uh, teams, uh, recruit these players into your team. Actually, that's a very good take because I just saw their website and their teams, the only teams that they, they have is PUBG Mobile, which is, um, sorry, the only teams that they have in when they organize this tournament is PUBG Mobile. They don't have a team in Tekken and FIFA um, that's based on their yeah. website. So I think that's a, a very good sort of uh, um, trial or trial. Um, I, think, so. I think the other the other team you can look into or at least you know can consider as a comparative uh, in terms of whether a country would support, I think would be um, CSGO Fnatic. Um, the team in its founding uh, as a CSGO, as a CSGO team was based out of Sweden. All the players were Swedish and the fan base there, if I'm not mistaken, is quite strong. Mainly because Fnatic and Sweden were one at one in, uh, one, you know, they go hand in hand, mm. right? So there is definitely that kind of element that, that they could be going for. There's something that they want to, play their hands into so that's very that's definitely on the table you know mm, mm, yeah yeah that's interesting um yeah actually that's just about it i don't really have a lot else to say about this um just that i just thought this is an interesting um way of like investing into the country and i suppose it'll um, be it would be great if you could you know actually speak to somebody from galaxy and i think that would really 
give us a better insight on this. And you know who's that, right? Teaser, teaser. Teaser, teaser. <laughs> yes, of course I know who's that. But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you'll get hopefully. it on someday. Hopefully, hopefully. Of yeah, course, yeah. I know who it is. Uh. Hopefully, we'll get him on someday. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, moving on. Uh, mm. Okay, so just the one last topic that I found, another one that's interesting is, um, again, by Esports Insider, um, eSport, uh, EVOS Esports launches an EVOS integrated training facility. Um, so they have this facility to uh, as a training infrastructure to support their team performance. Mm. Okay, okay, blah, blah, blah. So this uh, facility is specifically intended to have various functions according to the needs of the org from pro players, staff, and then various stakeholders. I think you can see based on the pictures, there are a number of these sponsors logo up on the wall as well, which I will assume they will change each time they have new sponsors. Um, so the facility is equipped with, with team building rooms, streaming rooms, gaming rooms, leisure areas. But um, surprisingly, it's not so big because it's just 765 square meter facility, which I suppose is a decent or small size kind of office. Um, oh, sorry. 765 square meter. Wait, is that big or small? Wait, I think that's quite small, right, actually? Anyway, it's not very right. big. That's probably about like an apartment block, about a flat, you know. Yeah, but about but, a flat. But then it says here also that it consists of 18 rooms, including lobby, guest area, office, team building room, streaming room, conference room, leisure area, and pantry. So I'm not sure whether there's a typo here, but 765 square feet. Square meter, actually. But I don't know. Oh, well. Anyway. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, okay. We'll see. Yeah, we'll uh, see. Yeah. Um, anyway, my point being that um, now looking at us being in the pandemic for about almost close to two years right now, um, a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of the, um, our officers are currently moving to work from home. Some situation, right? We realized that even even myself as in the previous practice, I realized that rent is so damn expensive. Um, rental is is one of the bulk of the expenses, you know. So when we went fully online uh, work from home situation um, we actually do see the sort of like benefit and also although it takes a while to get get used to working from home and everything on zoom calls and all these things but um, somehow we make we make it work because of the pandemic um, but uh, my point being that um, evos right on on the other hand instead they decide to like um, go and move to a new facility, training facility to get everyone together, uh, to train together, to stream together, and to basically bond. Um, so that that is something interesting that I I I I thought of, um, and that is uh, I suppose Evo's direction that this pandemic is not gonna stop us from meeting each other. Um, uh, so just just want to know that whether or not you have any thoughts of this uh, of them like investing in an office space and what do you think of this move i think that as much as maybe you may find it a bit unique considering the circumstances with pandemic and how traditional offices are going out of office and things that you never thought would need an office is now getting office space um but actually uh, this trend of uh, you know training facility has been growing over the last two years 
you have big organizations in US. If you look at 100 Thieves, who just launched one of the biggest, well, this is based on a CNN business, the unveiling of the lavish multi-million dollar building uh, for 100 Thieves, uh, for 100 Thieves in their compound. And you mm-hmm. had, you know, TSM, I think in the last two years as well, launching their new uh, training and equipment facility, exactly as they talk about, you know, they have the various training rooms, they have all the kind of things. You look at uh, Team Liquid, who's also just done something like that quite recently uh, mm-hmm. over the over the course of the last few years. Uh, Team Liquid's new training facility only came about last year, about a year ago, right? You have Fnatic setting up somewhat of a facility as well uh, in, in London, central London itself, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. They call it the Fnatic headquarters, 5,000 square feet, uh, and includes a DJ booth and two kitchens. But they also have, you know, the various, uh, you know, for the team to, for the team to play in, for you know, all these kind of things. Um, and you have Cavs Legion, so the Cavaliers from the NBA, I believe, for their NBA Two K League team, right? Cavs Legion GC. They have a two thousand seven hundred square feet in Cleveland, USA, uh, USA. Again, you know, this was relatively new. I think over the last two years as well. I think my point is that that is the dynamic shifting to uh, kind of this kind of concepts mm-hmm. uh, this kind of things for the video game for the gaming community and i think this could stem put in, in my opinion this could stem because of how uh, people are starting to realize how interlinked the many departments are or at least the many departments in esports it's no longer five people and a coach in a room it's no longer that's no longer the situation now we are in a situation where you have five players a coach a coaching support team yeah. On top of that, you have an analyst team. You have uh, uh, a psychologist. They have a, they have an internal uh, psychologist. They have a dietitian. They have yeah. they have a kitchen staff. Correct. You know, the the team is the team is expanding. Um, uh, then you have merchandising. You know, some people yeah. do the merchandising. They have to make sure that the, the merchandise get to the players. And just like how you know how they always say, like every football player will get a new jersey at the start of every game. They don't necessarily wash everything. Same concept, you know. They may get the same kind of thing treatment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also the aspect of uh, the training concept. It is still a team game. You need the five people to be in a room as much as they can play online. Um, the the minimization of lag, the minimization of ping, to have the least amount of ping is a big factor in in video games. Mm. Uh, if if your teammate is playing from a poor location. And the other guy is playing with 200 ping, you're playing with 100 ping. No matter how much you scrim, you're never going to be on the same page. Right? Yeah. Mm. So I think all of this taken into account um, changes the dynamic. And people said, you know, the one reason training facilities were built up, I believe at least, is that they want to take care of everything else so that the players and the team can focus on winning. Mm. Mm. So this is kind of where these teams are going to back towards what we call the traditional football, uh, traditional sports team where they want to provide everything for the players. They want to take proper care of them. And all they have to do and all they have to focus on is to play the game and win. Yeah. You look at, um, you look at, I, I like to watch these videos on, on, on YouTube, uh, NFL, how they operate a training facility in the NFL. And, and it's so amazing uh, the, the size of the facility, <laughs> you know, what they have. Uh, if you look at one of the recent ones I saw was, uh, I believe it was the Cowboys. Yeah, I think it was the Cowboys or the Colts, one of the NFL teams. If I'm not mistaken, it's the Cowboys. They have a, they have a whole setup of an in-house training facility, an NFL-sized pitch of in indoor training facility, and on top of that, they have an NFL-sized pitch outside the training facility, not including mm. the one in their in their main stadium. Oh, that's insane! Right? Wow. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, that's the kind of thing that they are talking about, and I think 
it is more so that we are equal, uh, the more appropriate uh, similarity we should draw is how it is drawing closer to uh, esports rather than it is differing from what uh, office uh, than than traditional work is uh, separating itself from the office yeah. space. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the more interesting thing to me, and it's like I said, it's it's been a common trend over the last few years of people investing that. But you know, it all started with gaming houses. Yeah. Even Malaysia, I know Fnatic Malaysia had a gaming house here as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. So that was the start. That was the start of all of this, for, at least for the esports community. Yeah, so I agree with you as well. Actually, in fact, um, what what this helps is also to reduce friction. I suppose, um, instead of just being on calls in Discord, um, you can immediately um discuss strategies, um, face to face things like that. I think that helps in terms of teamwork as well. And I think that's what they they are heading towards as well in terms of um, um the esports um um side of things. Um, so yeah, that's quite interesting that we are heading in that direction as well. The esports um scene that investing heavily into training facilities and hopefully one day maybe um my my um my take is that they will almost likely would have a sort of like home arena or stadium where fans can actually go and watch them play and then they come back to these training facilities to train and then they they have their own dedicated I, I, stadium. I, I, yeah, I do have one kind of like minor comment on this. Like, I think it's just more of like uh, the next step. You know, we talk about them. Unlike uh, teams in America, many of the other teams, like Fnatic, like Secret, and all these kind of organizations, their teams are all over the world. Yeah. They don't necessarily bound to a place. Um, you know, we talk about how Fnatic had an India team. G, we had a Fnatic Malaysian right. Dota team. Mm. Right. Uh, they still have the, uh, a Southeast Asian Dota team, but I remember there was one point where it was, I think, four out of five for Malaysian players, five out of five for Malaysian players at yep. one point or something like mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. So that would have been what we call the Malaysian team. Um, you know, they are all over the world. It's difficult to have something like an NFL-level facility in every single one of those. It's difficult to have a headquarters in every single one of those. I hope there will be one day. But I can also understand commercially, financially, it may not be the wisest. But I think that's kind of where your your thought process. I think this is what Fnatic did as well with their headquarters. They never they has the features of a training facility, but what they always have this thing called host, uh, watch parties, and that's one thing that I'm sure all of those you know, uh, TSM facilities, whenever their teams are playing, uh, uh, in, for example, in Worlds and things like that, they will have watch parties, and they will just mm. invite people over. The fans can come in. Buy a ticket, watch together with the team, watch together yeah. with you know whoever the fanatic people you know. So I think that's kind of as much as I would like to see a bigger concept of that. I think it's also limited by how much or how effective it is to have a fixed uh, facility. I think in America it's a bit more different because you're in America, your facility you, you can go from you know a most competitive scenes or at least the most of the tournaments are played in California or that region. So a facility there will not be an issue. But for fanatic, for example, you're not going to have our Malaysian Dota team fly to London every other week just mm. for training. Yeah, right. True, true. So that's kind of where that 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 is kind of where I think they will have to take the next step and they will have to branch up and see you know what's the next availability. I think one of it will be something that is already in existence, uh, a virtual space, but it can I think it can be taken to another level uh, with a virtual fan base, a virtual virtual space that each organization kind of controls over. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, that's quite interesting as well to to think about that. Um, esports is just it's not just like a traditional sports right where where traditional sports teams that are based in one location but in esports they are based they can um, theoretically based everywhere in the world and that, that and and that comes with finance 
um, investment risk. Um, so something uh, to think about. But EVOS, I think they've made it clear that even though EVOS, I think it's a sort of like a Singaporean, but um, they started um, their fan base in uh, Indonesia. And I, and I think that's where the training facility is. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's in Jack. Uh, it's in yeah, it's in Jakarta. So that's where they are placing their I suppose HQ because that's where they are, most of their fan base are. The fan base is so yeah, that's 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 interesting. Um, okay, I think that's that's all I have. Anything else? No, I think. Uh, we talk. I think it's a good covering of more uh, the rise, the continued rise of mobile games this uh, in in our region, oh, yeah. as well as um, continued rise, and as well as you know, uh, the organizations in our region is taking that next step to to formalize or to recognize that a training facility is definitely a next step that people want to go for to, to provide support for their players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Cool.